And welcome to the Druck Report, the podcast from hometownheadlines.com. John Drucker Miller with you this morning. Thanking you for joining us today. As always, we are coming to you from the studios of Brand Red over at 4 Bale Street. The best kept secret in Rome and also the best production ability there. Todd LaBarge, as always, producing us. We thank him for his great work today. And our guest this morning, and she is just so happy to be here, a familiar voice from the radio days and from the web days as well. Allie Mitchell is here this morning from United Way. Good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? I am great. How are you? Glad to have you with us this morning. You've uh, been back in town 10 months, and you're just changing everything with United Way. You are, you're making headlines. Congratulations. Thank I'm one you. of those guys. I think, <laughs> I think any press is good press. Seriously. And I hope you agree. Yeah. But you made a lot of changes, and you're doing a lot of good things for this community. As always, United Way has always been a you know standard bearer, one of the great nonprofits in this community. And you guys have some ideas to take something that's great and make it greater. And there's going to be some growing pains, and there's going to be some changes, and there's going to be some people who are, you know, I make it my living every day on the website world at least, is I thrive when people change their lives. And yet in journalism in particular, you know, we have fought the, you know, we fought radio, we fought TV, we fought uh, the internet, we fought social media. But change is good and change yeah. is progress. And you guys are trying to do some new things here. So here you are 10 months into your job as the executive director. You can't stay out of the news. So how about <laughs> telling us what's going on? Um, well, we're really excited about the changes that are happening, and we also recognize that change, you know, is difficult. It's an adjustment. Um, honestly, there's not anything that we've changed that we haven't been talking about since January, um, that we are refocusing uh, our direction and our investment in the community, and we have really switched from what our traditional model was, uh, which was counting our success in dollars raised to counting our success in community impact. And that means that you know, from the first moment, I think the end of March is when we publicly released our request for proposals. Um, and what that did was already ahead of the game outline exactly what um, improvements and community impacts we wanted to see our agencies apply for and then report in on. And that gives us complete transparency across the board. So six months after we award um, allocations, we'll be getting reports in from each of the agencies that we've supported that specifically tell you, you know, how many students improved math scores, how many families established or built savings accounts, you know, how many um, how many individuals improved health and active living. There, There's just so many different measures, and, and they're already pre-identified, so everybody knows exactly what we're looking for. What we're able to do with that is measure actual community change, and that gives us a roadmap, not only to talk back for accountability to the community, but to say, okay, we're making this progress. How can we adjust? Which direction do we need to go in now? No, great idea about that. And it's a different formula. I mean, we're used to seeing um, you, know, you guys basically – you know, I'll give you an example. I'm a member of Knights of Columbus, mm -hmm. and, you know, we do the barbecue every year. Yes. And with that, you know, $20,000, $25,000 profit we get, you know, the, the trustees and all sit down and say, okay, here are the 20 or 25 nonprofits we support in town, and we start writing checks. Or right. people apply. Right. And, you know, so it's 500 here, you know, whatever it is here, and, you know, everybody gets kind of a piece of the action. You guys have kind of been that way in the past, your formula. There's mm -hmm. been a number of people who have raised their hands, and you have been supporting that. This time you flipped it. Like you said, you mm -hmm. did RFP, Repress for Proposals, 
from groups out there, and I think the release I saw over the weekend is you got response from around eight or nine or ten, maybe more. We got a lot, okay. actually. Um, so initially in Jan- or March, we released those specific criteria that we want to use going forward, and we kind of redefined what it is we're looking to do. Um, and, and the other change is that we actually have an application process. You know, in recent years, there's not been an application process. And because um, we changed over leadership at the end of the year last year, in, at the beginning of the year, we looked at our current agencies and we said, listen, we, we don't want to upset the cart. We want to give everybody, you know, some lead time on our changes. So we renewed our commitments from last year. So um, there was no application process this year either. We built that. We spent three months building it. Um, So that was a big change. But as we opened that up to the community, because again, remember, there's been no process. It's been pretty much the same organizations locked into those grants. And they are grants. You know, that's an award, just like any other organization gives out. And it's not a guarantee of support for forever. You know, it's it's a partnership for a set time period. Um, so we changed that uh, as we opened it up to the community and allowed any eligible organization to apply. We got in a lot of applications for a lot of money, um, and we realized that we were definitely going to have to take some steps to really define what it is that we're focusing in on. And so look at where we think we're going to be in three years and who are the people who need to be at the core start of that table. And that's kind of how we made those decisions. Um, I think unlike a traditional funder or even a regular funder these days, um, we made an extra reach. Um, And my board decided it was very important because we had committed to transparency with our agencies. So when we knew that there was there was a focusing in happening, we actually picked up the phone and called agencies instead of allowing them to go through another six months of application process and waiting time. um, We went ahead and picked up the phone and called and we said, hey, listen, this direction is going to be different for you this year. You know, we already said that in January um, that every agency was going to be considered a new applicant. But this was an extra step that we took because we didn't want to allow organizations to go through and then find out six months later what they could have known and go ahead and continue to be preparing for changes. Okay, so now the new form is out. You've been talking to folks about it. Again, a lot of applications, a lot of hands Mm -hmm. were raised in the community as well. Which is great. Oh, well, it's in it, like I said, it is very transparent. I know we've had stuff on Hometown Headlines on this. We've done radio shows yeah. on this. Uh, of course, newspaper has been involved and reported on this as well. Been a little bit of blowback in recent weeks. Um, okay. The story coming out, you know, about, you know, Salvation Army or the Boy Scouts or I got a few things uh, privately. And I say privately. I'm not violating confidence. You're going to be back up there. But I was saying, you know, hey, we're encouraging our board to write you guys and all. You're not trying to get anybody mad. You guys are, are trying to say this is where we're going now. You had in your release over the weekend in particular, I thought it was excellent, where you outlined this is a, a locally-based decision. You are a locally-based right. Yes, you're part of the umbrella right. from United Way, but you had a very nice way of explaining it. How about repeating that, how – you know, what the, what the local focus, mm-hmm. local impact is. You know, um, coming up on the holidays, we all start seeing that really old and tired and extremely um, – inaccurate meme that pops up and lists all of the big name organizations, United Way, Red Cross, Salvation Army, and then it lists a CEO that may or may not have ever been a CEO, and then it lists an astronomical um, amount of money that they get paid, and it's a way that the internet has decided to discredit organizations. That hits a lot of them, not just United Way. Um, The information on that is inaccurate, and I think uh, the really important thing to know about the United Way that, that people, I think, locally don't know is that the United Way of 
from Employee County is in and of and belongs to and is led and decisions are made by Roman Floyd County. And from um, from our new process forward, you know, that doesn't just apply to our governance. That applies to uh, individuals in the community who are currently on a part of a community investment team making funding decisions. They're evaluating the applications. They're doing site visits. Um, so I think for us, it's important to understand that the United Way of Roman Floyd County is is owned by 15 Romans that, you know, their names are on the Internet. They're people you know, and they're people three years, five years from now or or in reverse, you have served or will serve on boards with. Um, and that's important to know uh, that those decisions are made here. So when we look at being able to make decisions about what what we do going forward, that's Rome making those decisions. Those decisions are not made at a divisional or a regional or a national level. It, it's here. It's Rome and Floyd County. We're our own 501c3. Yep, I love that. I mean, it's organic here. Uh, I will embarrass your, I think, your current chair or president, <laughs> Mr. Brian Sheely. But I bring Brian up because, hey, I like Brian, big fan of Brian. But number two, um, he has telegraphed all these moves ahead of time. I mean, he, you know, he, uh, when they were looking for, you know, an executive director mm-hmm. or they're looking to maybe make changes on the board, Brian has been very apparent and very upfront about that, right. about this new direction here. And I mean, it's board driven, but yeah, like you said, it's locally driven. Right. And I think Brian, st- Brian is still your chair. Or he your is. Pre- what is he? Three end of the year, or y'all haven't kicked him out yet? No, he You're will. You can ask him. I said that too. <laughs> He'll probably hear you. Uh, he will become our immediate past chair in January and stay on for at least a year, maybe, Good. maybe more. Brian, um, Jordan Knight is our incoming board chair. Gotcha. Okay. And again, all the decisions being made locally, all these proposals being made locally. Uh, in your email over the weekend, there was a list of, I think, your first, I want to say grantees. What's the best um, way So the eight applicants, we haven't made, and that was a, a something that came out that was a little confusing. We have not made allocations yet. Okay. We have um, eight applications from eight agencies that are being investigated um, for specific programs. So actually, there's more than eight applications. Uh, programs were um, are different from organizations. So for instance, um, SummitQuest has submitted two programs uh, for approval, and those will both be um, site visits. You know, we'll fully vet those. And then that community investment team uh, is going to make recommendations to our board about that. So that's what's happening now. Those announcements are going to happen, um, if not sooner, the, the first part of December. Okay, coming. Those are coming mm-hmm. up. I saw Living Proof is in there. Yes, they are amazing. <laughs> they, and it's funny, and we've had a, you know, our Natalie Sims did a nice story on that. But I mean, what what they have done mm-hmm. in relatively no time was well, Summer Quest, same thing. Right. I mean, Summer Quest is relatively a new player. Uh, Living Proof has, you know, what what they're doing over on Shorter Avenue, mm-hmm. and of course into the, into the thing and beyond that has just been incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that you know, are you got, and I think that's what's great is you're looking at. You're giving incumbents a good look, shall we say. Right. But the new folks on the block are getting equal play, which I think is awesome because these new folks need just as much support as the existing folks. And it gets better than that. What we asked for was collaboration. And the people that are best seated to be able to say, oh, we've got this program and this particular program may overlap with or not complement in the best way this other organization's program. Hey, guess what? Let's change it, right? If you are that locally governed independent 501c3, you have a little more freedom to be able to make that change and make those decisions. All of our nonprofits are local. 
Good. across the board. They're all doing work locally, right? Um, for us, this is a starting point. We're headed towards a specific strategy. And that strategy, in general terms, is uh, being able to effectuate change on a deeper level, right? Um, one way you can look at that is, is if you look at, say, for instance, we're talking in terms of healthcare. Um, what if we only had emergency rooms, right? What if that was healthcare, just the emergency room? Because Take that and flip it on to um, social services, right? Taking on the social ills in our community. We're basically in triage mode at all times. It's, hey, we've got this problem. Um, there's an issue with homelessness. We've heard a lot about that. We hear a lot about there's an issue with hunger. There's a huge issue with addiction. There's an issue with mental health. You know, All of these things are... Um, they're huge problems that, that we're doing triage and emergency room care on. But what if we step back and what if we look at building a program that unites uh, different agencies together to effectuate deeper change so that before, for instance, homelessness, which is kind of a symptom of a lot of other problems, before we get to that point, we're building in the supports and we're building in the safety network um, and we're giving individuals and families the support that they need to be successful before they get to these dire straits. You need both, right? Yeah, you, good point. You, you need the emergency room, but you also need the preventive care. You need the the holistic services. And a lot of our organizations that are providing um, responses to these emergent needs, they're doing so in an increasingly holistic way, which is amazing. They're starting to collaborate, which is great. What we said was we want to drive collaboration. We want to bring these organizations together, and we want to fight for all of the missions together so that we can do something as a community um, it can be very easy for missions to get focused in on their work. And what we want to do is be able to uh, – the thing the United Way does well is is to unite, right, to build community. So to bring those together and, and involve all of the key stakeholders and get them around the table to figure out what we need to do as a community. What's our highest priority as a community? And how do we start to make steps forward mm-hmm. instead of just addressing things once they become emergent? No, good point about that. And we've had this conversation before about the collaboration collaboration among nonprofits. Um, in fact, the nonprofit community got a pretty big ding recently talking about some of those homeless issues out there where um, basically home, the, co- the nonprofits were kind of called out for having their little silos and not being, you know, not being proactive enough and getting out of those silos. I thought it was a cheap shot, to tell you the truth. But still, you know, the people were trying to find out, okay, how do we move this forward? Love hearing the word collaboration. I think for a while we're seeing the chamber and others step up as well to do something. In fact, you guys, you're not a way organized. I, now I'm just coming back to me, my fleeting memories here. <laughs> I believe you guys invited all of them together to kind of get this thing moving forward, to get some kind of a even a greater collaboration among nonprofits, especially those maybe, I don't want to say duplicating. Everybody's got their own specialty, but some of these things do cross some, you know, cross some territories. Y'all call together a group. Or invited a group to come together to start talking about that. And now I think we're seeing, I think, I hope this is part of that uh, result of that. Um, so the Chamber has a group uh, quarterly for nonprofits uh, to come together and talk. And that's a great group. It's for anybody involved in nonprofits that it's a part of the Chamber. We participate in that. Most of the people at, at the other group participate in that as well. And it's led by J.R. Davis, who's an amazing leader in our community. Um, what we did was reach out to the executive directors or CEOs, that that position that typically is between the board of directors and the volunteers mm-hmm. and staff. It can be a very lonely place to be. Yep. Um, but also, those are the decision makers. Those are the leaders of the organizations of our nonprofits. And so 
um, it's kind of like when you have a board, you know, there's a sweet spot, right? If you have if you have 50 board members, depending on your organization, that can be overwhelming. How do you really make decisions, right? Um, so what we did was kind of look at developing kind of a peer learning group, um, a support group, um, and actually uh, reached out to Joel Snyder with Community Foundation to sort of partner on that. Um, but it brings together leaders of our local nonprofits to build relationships, to build trust, um, to start talking about collaborative uh, challenges facing us, how we can take that on collaboratively, but um, also best practices and what do you need help with? And let's learn about what's going on at each nonprofit. And so we meet each month um, and a different nonprofit hosts. And so you get to do a tour, you get to learn about that. And then the second half of that lunch meeting is a conversation between the leaders of nonprofits about what's important right now, going into no, what we great. call giving season. Um, it's self-care tomorrow, self-care day. Good. No, no, it's <laughs> <Yeah. that's> great. <laughs> A great idea, and, and again, that collaborations out there as well. A lot, like you said, the United mm-hmm. Theory about it as well. Um, real quick, we'll take, we'll take our first break here in a second. Um, but you were talking a little bit, especially about some of the needs of the homeless. And I think we should talk about your little bit of your resume here. Many people <laughs> do remember your days, of course, with the Davy Shelters as well. So, I mean, you have, you know, you're not, you're not reading the script. You're, you're, you have lived this for how many eight years? I was there nine and a half years. Now, okay. Mm-hmm. So you've been there. You know this stuff, and you know about some of those issues out there. So it's kind of great to have that extra, you know, this is where it was back when you were doing that, and, and you can, you're speaking with knowledge. Isn't that a novel thing here in Northwest Georgia? But seriously, you've got the experience. You're <laughs> I not, think history not. is important, you know, to, to cite experience. Um, I also think it's really important to be respectful of your role um, as it changes, just like you pay attention to how nonprofits change and the community change and needs change. You know, you need to pay attention to how your role changes. So my role in this is very different this time around. Um, I can speak to history. Uh, First time we went through the plan, I got to chair that committee. You know, that was that was an adventure. Um, but also what we're dealing with now, it's, it's different. You know, so we have structure. We have some legs there. Um, and I think that my role and, and my great joy, honestly, at this point is to be able to um, – see that in perspective, but to support and to encourage um, and to advocate for the groups that are on the front lines. You know, that's one of the biggest things about what the United Way wants to do. We recognize that we are not the only way. We're one way. Um, And I hear people pronounce it. uh, I call it the United Way. You know, I hear a lot of times United Way. (laughs) And the emphasis is important. You know, we, we really are from from you know, history, but also especially starting this year and going forward, our goal is certainly not to compete with anybody. Our goal is 100% to support and to advocate for um, and to help build and drive collaborations that really um, promote not just our nonprofit work, but the needs of the community um, all as one. No, good stuff there. Allie Mitchell's here talking about United Way, what's going on with them. Again, making some headlines in recent months. We'll talk more about that after this break. This is the Hometown Headlines Podcast, a.k.a. The Drug Report. More after this. I'm Ryan Simmons, Creative Director at Brand Red. We're honored to sponsor today's episode. If you're looking to grow your business, we help companies just like yours reach new customers. Contact us by visiting our website at brandredstudios.com or emailing us at info at brandredstudios.com. And welcome back to the Direct Report, the Hometown Headlines podcast. Again, we're coming to you from the studios of Brand Red over at 4 Bale Street. Once again, Todd Labarge mastering the production work of this 
also mastering a wonderful guest here, a familiar voice to you, hopefully in our radio days and on Hometown Headlines, the website as well. We're joined by Allie Mitchell, the executive director of United Way for all of 10 months. That's right. 10 whole months. So so how are you going to mark that first anniversary? Hmm. Never mind. Um. No. <laughs> we, we won't go there. But thank you for being here talking about the changes in United Way. And they have been dramatic and they have been impactful. And that's cool. And that's why you guys, I think, are making whatever headlines today is that there are a lot of changes. And some folks are maybe kind of realizing this as well. Uh, we were talking a little bit during the break here about, you know, some, one of the most important things, let's face it, you guys are in the business of raising money to redistribute to the community here. Uh, quick short story. I remember going back, you know, this is now more than 40 years ago, my first job in the newspaper business. I walk into the Lakeland Ledger. I'm going through personnel. I'm doing name, rank, serial number, all that stuff and all. And uh, I remember the um, person doing that said, now, how much do you want to give to United Way? And I'm thinking, well, I'm already giving to my church, but, you know, okay, what do you know? Well, yes, our president, you know, Mr. Harrison is also the regional president, whatever. But back then, everybody did that. You you guys were the charity, uh, you guys, United Way, was the charity that everybody supported through payroll deductions up front here. That's changed in these uh, four decades since there. Yeah. So what is the funding formula for you guys, and how has that changed? Um, first, I'll say I'm a fan of change. <laughs> Let's put that right out there. Um, I think it's important that organizations keep up with um, what's going on in the community with the changes in trends in giving, with the changes in need, um, with what philanthropists now are looking into, those people who give, those donors, but also in investing and engaging and building the next generation of philanthropists. And um, I want our nonprofit sector to do more of that and to focus in more on that. Um, I think companies are making some really great changes in that they're offering uh, their teams and their employees a full slate, you know, put in your zip code. You can pick any organization you want. I absolutely think that um, the burden of sharing your mission should be on the advocates of a nonprofit um, and also on the nonprofit. And so if you are staying relevant, then then that's a check, check and balance, right? Sure. Um, if not, if it's just a set system where you're locked in and people just do this one thing and you're not providing feedback, what you get is organizational to decline. And there's... Um, you can slip behind, right? You can continue to follow a traditional model when really you need to change, when you need to offer what is best for the community. And that's kind of where we are at. That's just a very personal um, perspective and response on that. But I feel like, um, you know, the biggest reason for us to transition from that traditional model, the internet happened, in case nobody noticed, you know, <laughs> the, the internet happened. Oh, what's that? When, yeah. the, when the United Way started, you know, 100 years ago, um, that wasn't an option. And so it was a really amazing way for people to give, to hear um, about great work going on in the community um, and to know that their dollars were invested wisely. That's still been the case, but I think that it's been possible, um, you know, across the nation and not just with United Way, but for other organizations to kind of relax into a comfort zone um, and not do as much as we can to help advocate for and support and share the good work of our local missions um, and to balance that out with the need in the community, how that's changing, and the interest level of the donors and what they want to give to and how they want to be engaged. Um, the way that people volunteer has changed. you know. So for the United Way, what that means is we do still have workplace campaigns, and that's a great option still. Um, we have several going on and um, some really great advocates in some of our companies. 
And we also want to have people invest in other ways. You know, we want to talk to individuals about giving because we, we again, we're a different way um, and we're one of the ways. So one of the first things people ask me is, why should I give to you and not to this nonprofit? And the absolute first thing out my mouth is, I never said that. You shouldn't do that. I'm saying you Good should consider you. both, yeah, yeah. right? Um, I've, I've have always been local grassroots nonprofit, both here and, you know, several different roles here. Um, I think it's important. Yes, it's important to give directly to a mission that you care about. It's also important to give, you know, to an organization that has um, statewide, national and international reach, because there's a lot of need, right? And what we need to do is figure out how we can channel our funding and our support and our interest and our passion in ways that help to effectuate real and positive and measurable change. Um, Yes, give to a local organization. I've always been a local organization. Um, The United Way is also a local organization. We have the ability to bring in funding that would otherwise not come to this community. Um, The United Way Worldwide has a lot of national partners. International Paper is one of those. Um, International Paper just did an amazing golf tournament that's basically going to fund one of our entire applications, right, for funding, which is great. And I got to tell them that this morning, and that feels so good. But if we didn't have that partnership, they also have employees across the state line, right? So that money, um, their golf tournament just raised almost $53,000. That funds an entire application from one of our really great nonprofits locally that's doing super good work. that money could just as easily go somewhere else, right? Mm -hmm. Because we have a United Way here that is investing in community and that um, no matter what, it's transparency first. Here's where the money's going. Here's what sure. it's doing. That money is coming to this community. Um, that's only one example. There are a number of other national partnership nonprofits that we're bringing that money into this community that this community would otherwise not get. So that's a great thing. Um, but when people give, you know, we want to help direct to places that we know are um, staying relevant, right? That's the application process. That's the reporting process throughout the year. It's it's also for the nonprofit, but it's for the donor as well. You need to know where your money goes. Um, and we're really stepping up and helping to sort of fill that gap for and with our nonprofits, not in competition with and not against them. Um, that's just not how that works. No, good points about that. You know, I've grown up, I could tell you, I remember filling out the photo slips uh, in various newspaper markets. I worked on nine of them where you always did a little thing. It's okay, oh yeah, you're not away. It's that time of the week we got to put up there where the money fundraising goal is going. And we saw the little <laughs> bars and little, you know, little whatever it is. Right. We'd drive by somewhere and see your old office and we'd see, you know, the number, the things that, the, you know, the contributions report, I guess. Right. Something like that. Here's the goal, goals, blah, blah, and there it's so-and-so. And you'd see the, you know, they see the chart change each week. That's a little bit different now too. Yeah, you know why? Because <laughs> I don't want to talk to you about dollars. I want to talk to you about change. I want to talk to you about how we've improved lives. I want to say, hey, look, in this particular nonprofit program, partnering with us, we've been able to do this together as a community. We hear so much about the need and and that it gets clicks and it gets hits, you know, and this tragedy and that tragedy. We need to balance it out. And that's what we want to do. We want to talk about the impact. Um, and we've already we've already put out there exactly what we're going to be able to be answerable for. Our nonprofits know it, so it's fair. And this particular application process, in order to give our nonprofit partners um, stability, which they need, it's hard and, and not necessarily accurate for the community for an organization to have to chase funding, right? We want, we want organizations to be able to make needs 
data-driven decisions, which means what does your community need and allow that to decide where your program goes. Not, I've got money for this particular need, so we're going to do that, whether or not that's the, the most important thing, right? No. So this particular application and funding process is renewable at the end of next year, as long as our agencies are hitting uh, measurable outcomes and they're doing great work and, and reporting in, then we renew it. So this is two years which is new to this okay. community. It gives our nonprofits extra stability. They can and they can invest in and do a really great program and show real change in the community and know that they're not going to have to scramble for the next year. It also puts a very fair um, time frame on that uh, so that, again, transparency first, right? This is okay. how long this is going to last. We want to support this. And, and at the end of this, we're going to talk about what it looks like. Um, no, good plan. And to get like the transparency out there, you are doing something right now. I think that um, a lot of our younger people are kind of resonating too. That makes the right word. Big words there. Um, we're seeing our younger, you know, God, I don't use that word, millennials. I hate it. But we're seeing younger <laughs> folks who maybe have a different sense of uh, philanthropy. They they want to do things a little bit different. There, you guys seem to be following. I don't know if you're going to move in that way together, or so to speak, mm -hmm. but you guys have a different way of doing this stuff that I think will sound much better to younger folks. Mm -hmm. And for you older, oh, the, we older folks out there, maybe a little bit getting used to. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and that's intentional. You know, we don't want to alienate any of our donors. Uh, we want to be answerable, and that's part of being answerable to across the board, all generations and all giving styles by saying, look, here's where your money's going, because who doesn't want accountability and answerability? Who doesn't want that, right? Yeah. Um, but people are giving in different ways, and they are volunteering in different ways. You know, it used to be that you could set up a system where people volunteered, and it was almost a full-time job, but that was fulfilling to them. People aren't volunteering that way the younger the generations go. They want to get involved and engaged in something that they can see um, the work that they're doing and, and really touch the mission. And then they want to do something different. You know, the yep. average job span now is, what, three to five years? It's not it's not the retire Only in media. Yeah, right? <laughs> no, and nonprofit as well. But it's not retire from this one company. Yep. Um, it's variety and it's build your expertise and um, – and have experiences beyond that one role. It's the same thing is happening with philanthropy and with volunteerism. And we absolutely want to pay attention to those trends and support it. Um, and changes in our nonprofit sector. You know, we want to make sure that we're listening to and being responsive to the nonprofit programs that we're supporting. No, good point. Good points about that. Two good questions for you. Number one, if uh, people want to be part of the United Way going forward, now mm -hmm. seeing all in, in hearing all these changes here, um, how often can they apply to you guys for, you know, possible assistance down the road? So you mean organizations that want financial yeah. support? Um, so right now, this fund process is renewable through t the end of 2021. Um, and there are going to be some changes in our organization. So what that looks like 2021 is going to be different as well. Um, our strategic plan has been on our website since we wrote it um, early this year. Everything's out there. Um, so you can kind of get a feel for what our direction is. Again, we are looking to not not just invest um, that traditional model, which I've heard it re referred to as a shotgun approach, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is we take money and we kind of shoot it out there to as many organizations as possible. Um, we've changed that, and for good reason, and overdue a little bit, right? Um, that That's going to stay the way we are going forward. 
but we're looking to really solidify a model. And we talked about, um, you know, that emergency room versus the the holistic mm-hmm. primary care approach. We, we want to be back here. You know, um, the reason we're a part of the homeless task force is, yeah, I know a little bit of the history there, but also other people do, too. You know, Mm -hmm. the real reason is that um, there are our first responders are in that room and they need support and they need to work with our other first responders, which is police and fire and um, emergency. All of those people need support because we've got emergent issues going on. But a plan isn't a plan if it only deals with that. Right. So we're in the room because we want to add something um, that's the that's the step before that. Right. To start putting in the measures to help prevent and effectuate real change in the numbers of individuals that over over those years end up in that position so we're a part of that plan it's it's more of a a continuum right Mm -hmm. you hear continuum of care a lot um it's like that. We can't just do one thing. We need to do all the things. Yep. Um, you can't just give to one kind of agency. You need to also give to other kinds of agencies. So. Well, we've asked you how to get money out, so to speak. Now, mm-hmm. most important is how do we get money to you? <laughs> well, we have our website has the opportunity to donate through the website. Um, I have been really, really grateful honestly, is my response to uh, our name being out there and our program being out there in any way because of the fact that it opens up discourse. There is not a question that I'm afraid of. Um, the oh, United- no, I guarantee you. I mean, I'm, I'm impressed with all your answers today. Trust me. <laughs> the United Way isn't afraid to talk about money. We're not afraid to talk about our future direction. We're not because we're making all of these decisions so transparently and, and they're tough and we're making them with compassion. And I have seen my board make some very difficult decisions with, with extreme gravity that is due, you sure. know. Um, but we want to talk about it. I want the opportunity for someone, whether they're happy or not, you know, to call and say, hey, I heard this, or I don't even like you, and then allow me to respond. You know, I think most of what we're getting is support. Um, people are reaching out and they're saying, hey, this is a new idea. This is a new approach. I get that. I respect that. Um, and I'm really grateful for that. But there's not a wrong question. Um, right. We want to talk about any of it. So if people have questions, they can reach out. Um, our phone number's out there. Our email's out there. If they want to get involved and give, um, you can do that through the website. You can call us. There are some workplace campaigns that are running. You can give through your workplace. Um, but from the very beginning, the information about those changes has been out there. And there's not a single conversation that we've had with a business or an individual or a workplace campaign that we haven't specifically said, hey, stop. Let's talk about the changes. So there's no miscommunications and everything is on the up and up. No, good for you. And I tell you, that's one thing you said a good point about. And you have been talking about this now four months. I mean, you know, we've had stories. We've had interviews with them and ever and that. Right. If they do want more information on what is that, what's the best website? What's the website address? Um, our website is uwrome.org. I will also say that it is, as you will know, much easier for me to keep our social media updated to the minute. Yep. Um, and we're really trying to utilize our Facebook page. We have an Instagram page. So if people want to check in on a regular basis, just like our Facebook page, and you can follow along anytime there's a change, anytime there's um, something to celebrate, anytime there's something that we want to put out there for feedback, that's where we're going to put it. Good. Good for you. I'll tell you this, in my line of work and communication line of work, and I've said this before many times, we use Facebook, we use website, we use social media, we use podcasts, we use whatever it is. And you know what? You still can't get people to read it. But I think in this situation in particular, I mean, I'd recommend, you know, those who have concerns, who have questions, please give out a read first. I mean, just because, you know, it will answer questions rather than saying, well, well, I don't like that. Well, what did you you read on your website? 
Uh, I haven't gotten to that yet. <laughs> Read that and call me back. Well, you Do asked about our, our campaign and, and money, and I'll tell you, we're not sinking money into a big, elaborate campaign. Our campaign is literally what's happening right here. It's a conversation face-to-face, um, and I have board members who are going with me, um, reaching out to their contacts. Uh, we're making all of our relationships at least too deep. Again, <laughs> total transparency there, making sure that um, the people that we're sitting down and talking to have more than one person to reach out to. Um, and that's how that's happening. There's not, um, you know, the, the funny memes and the reports that you get. There's a reason that a report about how much money the nonprofits put into this campaign or pay their executives may come from Iowa. It's because it doesn't apply locally, yep. right? So locally, it's face-to-face conversations, and that's how we want to keep it. We want to reach out um, on an individual basis. So we no. welcome any and all concerns, questions, and excitements. That's where to do it, Rome. As a relationship community, y'all are doing it quite well. Thank Allie, you. thank you. Yeah, you answered some great questions here. Seriously, I man, I, I I applaud you for being so direct. Thank you, sir. Thanks no. for the opportunity. Anytime. Thank you for stopping by. And any other questions about that, folks? Of course, please go to the website, go to the Facebook page. We'll have more on hometown headlines, the website as well. I want to thank Allie for her time today. I want to thank Todd for his time today as well. I invite you always. Any questions you got about our production work or any kind of production work? By all means, look up Todd and Ryan here at Brand Red. They do a fantastic job. Continuing news coverage for you all day, all week long on HometownHeadlines.com. This is John Drucker Miller saying have a great day in Northwest Georgia.